This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. On your itinerary this week, I'm talking about the past, present, and future of camera bags with the vice president of Tenba Bags, Peter Wazner. This episode is brought to you by Digital Photo Adventures. Plan your next adventure at digitalphotoadventures.com. Welcome to your itinerary, and this week I've got Peter Wazner, who is the vice president of Tenba. And uh, if you're not familiar with Tenba bags, then you haven't really been paying attention. They're, they're making some of the uh, the best camera bags that, that I know of, and not to do too much of a commercial, but um, Tenba is the company that, that I've noticed being a, a small camera shooter, a micro four-thirds shooter. They've actually been paying attention to kind of what's going on in the market and responding to that more than, than some of the companies that I've noticed. But without further ado, here's uh, Peter Wasner. Hey, Peter, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, good morning. Uh, you've been selling camera bags for a long time, and like I said, you're the vice president of Tenba, so I, you've gone way beyond that. But I met you must have been seven or eight years ago at Photoshop World, and you were just the bad guy. And I think we knew some of the same uh, tattoo artists in New York or something like that. I, I remember we we had a pretty nice chat. But um, since you were you know down on the floor and in the trenches, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the camera bag market since since you've been in the business? Uh, that's a good question. In some ways, people carry less gear than they used to. You know, they don't walk around with, uh, I don't know, 12 lenses or something. You know, in the old days, we would make just giant shoulder bags that would hold so much gear. And, you know, now you don't need to have three bodies, one loaded with 100 ISO, one loaded with 800, and one with 1600. You know, you don't need one to have color and one to have black and white. So it cuts down on the total amount of gear in some ways. And then, of course, as you just mentioned, mirrorless has changed a lot in the way of sizing. You know, the <laughs> 70 to 200, 28 in Panasonic is, um, I don't know, about the size of a finger roll. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll, <laughs> right. it'll fit anywhere. So it's, um, in some ways, people are just carrying so much less on average. But then in other ways, because of this whole hybrid thing with, you know, video coming in, you can buy a Panasonic GH4 or a Sony A7, and you can walk around with two tiny lenses, and it fits in a tiny little satchel about the size of a sandwich bag. And then the next thing you know, you want to add follow focus, matte box monitor, and rails to the bottom of it. And then you've got this tiny camera that all of a sudden needs a 22-inch tall rolling bag. You know, so it can it can bloom very easily. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, we have to find the balance between making little compact bags for mirrorless that still work for professionals, and then making large rolling cases with the ever changing demands of the airline industry. Sure, sure. Do you, do you think photographers generally try to find that one bag that works for every occasion, or do most people have different bags for different situations? I know. Um, I've probably, you know what? I'm embarrassed to talk about how many camera bags I have, but I have a, mil- a million of them. Uh, I might Don't take, be embarrassed. We uh, love people like you. <laughs> <laughs> I might take one hiking and then one when I'm um, teaching a workshop and, and and all sorts of different things. Do you think that's that's kind of the the uh, the norm, or do most people just have one or two bags? I, a lot of people have a lot of bags, and I think that they they get a little self conscious about it. 
like you just mentioned, but in reality, having one camera bag is sort of having one pair of shoes that you want to do everything from go to a business meeting to go to a wedding to, um, you know, go hiking to go running to playing basketball. And like there's a there's a purpose built solution for each. And it's not you know, it's not um, it's not greed that gives you, you know, that, that has you having multiple solutions. It's that different jobs require different bags. Right. And like you mentioned, you, you know, you, okay, you've got your, your DSLR, your mirrorless camera and a couple of lenses. And then, well, I'm going to start thinking about video. So now you've got to add tools for that. And, um, you know, what you might think of like, Hey, I just need this tiny little bag. Then, then you end up with a roller that you have to take everywhere. Um, and I've always found the, the only problem with that for me, um, like I just came back from the Photo Plus Expo and I taught a workshop while I was there. So I basically just had to take a bag big enough uh, for me to shoot out of for the weekend. And I don't take a ton of gear when I'm teaching, but um, I, there was things that I actually forgot because I had a bigger bag that I was shooting out of the week before because I was shooting just for myself. I was doing some of my own work. So um, that's the only trouble that I have really with having multiple bags is you got to make sure that everything gets changed over and, and kind of come up with a system to keep track of that stuff. Yeah, it's totally a challenge. And actually here, I mean, one of the things that people don't um, think of if, unless they work for camera bag companies that we're always trying out bags. And so sometimes you might try out five bags in a week. And then at the end of that week, something that you own is gone, like a set of headphones or, or a, you know, a 3G wireless hotspot. And you go, oh, my God, I, I used five bags this week. I don't even know where to begin to look for this thing that is probably <laughs> gone forever. Uh, yeah, right. it, it's a problem. Lots sure. of pockets. Yeah. Um, well, how do you guys um, go about developing products? I know, you know, a company like Apple, they basically make things and then and and then tell their customers how to use them. Uh, do you guys sort of do that, or do you respond to comments and questions from your customers and, and go from there? Or what's what's kind of the the usual workflow there? We always start with users in the field. I mean, Temba really, we really uh, pride ourselves as being a company that makes bags for people who make their living making photos or films. So we start with people who do photography and filmmaking as a job. And then we figure, well, if it'll work for them, then it'll certainly work for somebody who's an advanced hobbyist or an occasional user. Uh, the same way when we make hard cases, we start with the rental houses because what a rental house does to a case is a little bit like, um, you know, bomb disposal. You know? Right. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, they're going to try and blow it up in every way possible. And so if we can make a case that works for the rental houses, then it'll work for everybody. You know, it'll work for the military because the military doesn't even do what a rental house does. Right. So. Um, uh, yeah, so we start with the field. So if we want to build bags for filmmakers or for mirrorless users, then we find uh, people in that world who um, are good physical thinkers. You know, they're good with spaces and shapes and uh, and zippers. Different people have different talents in that way. And then we, we hook up with, we basically have, you know, like a back catalog of photographers and filmmakers that we work with over the years and we're constantly meeting new ones. And then we uh, we contact them and say, hey, what what is it that's not working about what you're carrying now, whether it's made by someone else or whether it's made by us? You know, it's not we are uh, we are ever critical of our own of our own products. And then we just say, what's working? You know, what, what's your dream? What would you love it to be? 
and then they give us notes and then we try to match those notes up with 20 other people of you know in across a, a, a broad mix of shooting styles and things and then we try to narrow it down into some like uh, common requests and then uh, and then we shoot it over to our designers and then yeah. they just start sketching it's the best process in the world to be honest with you it is the greatest job yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun um, and, and a challenge, too, because like you said, you've got to, okay, take advice from people who are using this gear, but then think about, you know, are, you know, 100 or 1,000 people going to enjoy this same thing? Because everybody has a little little different things that they like to do. Um, and you mentioned to me the other day that, that not every photographer is a good reviewer or a good source of information just because of that. Um, like you mentioned, they don't think about space in that way necessarily. Yeah, that's it is true. And so you just have to find the people who are right, who can provide the, the, the best kind of sort of focused feedback, you know, the ones who are less. Um, everyone wants to fit, fit you know, 50 pounds of gear in a one pound bag, but it's, it's physically impossible. So we need to find people who are, uh, you know, a good match for those kind of like technical details. Right. Uh, and they come back with really good feedback, and, and that's how we do it. I mean, we, we can't design in a bubble because we're designing for people who are going to work possibly at a frantic pace and in the most extreme conditions. So I don't know what, uh, you know what a guy who always shoots in the rain needs from his bag until I meet with a guy who always shoots in the rain. We, we just can't, like, imagine it, you know, in the office. Right. Right. Or a guy who travels overseas all the time, but he takes a European airline that has an especially strict carry-on policy uh, that the U.S. airline that I take doesn't have, you know, or uh, different weight policies or all kinds of stuff. So we learn about it from people in the field. You give a bag to a guy who goes to Haiti for three weeks shooting a documentary with a 4K video system. When he comes back, he has very specific feedback. Right. Absolutely. And, he says, and here's how your bag works at 120 degrees when I'm walking up a really steep hill to shoot, you know, this and that. And then you go, oh, man, we never even thought about that. So Right, right. And that's that's great. Like you said, if, if it works for somebody who does that day in and day out, then, then just the average Joe photographer can um, maybe even learn something from just the way the bag is, is designed. Um, I know some companies I, I've had uh, bags in the past that – they have little built-in memory card slots and built-in, um, almost trying to to tell you how to pack your bag, and that's always kind of gotten on my nerves because if you don't, if that doesn't fit into your own particular workflow, then it's just wasted space. You know, if, that, yeah. if you have these little specialty pockets, um, I find that that the bags that are the most flexible are the ones that I I tend to use the most. Yeah, we certainly try to do that. You know, we try to give people multiple ways to get inside. Well, there's side access and there's always back access. You know, there's you can use this pocket for this or you can use it for that. A side access pocket that can either be used for a monopod or it can be used for a shotgun mic. So, you know, we try to get you're always trying to play averages. It, it's a little bit difficult because you're trying to be not everything to everyone, but a lot of things to a, a big group of people. Right. Um, yeah, but it's the same thing the camera manufacturers have to deal with. You know, do you make the camera? Well, somebody's going to pick up every camera and say, oh, this is too small for my hands or it's too big for my hands. And so they always have to try and yeah, figure out the averages. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, is there is there 
one kind of bag that pros like that amateurs don't like or or vice versa what's the um i don't know what's what's popular these days um yeah, pros like rolling cases because if if the total weight of your gear is uh is 50 pounds then you know my recommendation is take it off your shoulders right right um you know, one of the things is people are usually less aware of the total weight of their gear independent of the bag or case that they carry it in. So sometimes we tell people as a joke, like, well, take all your, your camera gear and put it in a grocery bag and stick it on a, uh, you know, a scale. Uh, your bag's never going to weigh less than that. Right. Uh, you know, you need, you need to know that going in and then maybe don't bring everything. You know, people contact us. Oh, I'm going on safari. What should I bring? Well, as little as possible, really. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Streamline. So you know how, um, if you sell somebody a camera that's too big and too heavy, then they're not going to wind up taking it out and they're just going to shoot with their cell phone. So it's the same thing basically with a bag. If we sell somebody a bag, that's the wrong bag for them, then it'll forever be the wrong bag for them. It'll be too big or too heavy, or it's not the right thing for the job. And so we really spend uh, a lot of time, any time that we're working with our customers directly, to try and you know fit them for the right thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, because like you said, a, a, a pro might have everything in the universe, and they need a rolling bag. But uh, you know, Joe, photographer on vacation with his family that still wants to carry his nice equipment, he's going to want you know something completely different because it's. You know, you've already got. I know for me, I, I, if I travel with my wife and my two kids, the last thing I need is another r- roller bag. You know. Yeah, totally. And same thing if somebody's going on vacation with their family and they ask for a a thirty two liter backpack, then we we try. You know, it's not that we we think they shouldn't buy it. We just say like, are you sure you're going to bring um, seven two eight lenses on <laughs> the vacation? You know, because that might because I know when I'm with my six year old, uh, that's not going to fly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, I've tried probably every kind of camera bag there is. And backpacks are okay for carrying gear, but I don't really like them to shoot out of. I don't like having to sort of take it off to get into it usually. And I always keep coming back to the the simplicity and the flexibility of a good old shoulder bag. Um, And I know you guys, Tenba is sort of famous for your messenger bags. Do you think that um, messenger bag style is sort of a continuation and uh, an evolution of the traditional shoulder bag? It, it is, and it goes along with with a few things. One that that the that people are carrying less gear, so we can build a, a bag for professionals that only fits one row of gear. And by that, I mean you know from front to back, it's one lens rather than two lenses deep. You know, one pro lens. Right. Deep. If you put a twenty four seventy two eight or a seventeen to thirty five two eight down there, it's it's going to be one lens in depth front to back and one body in depth front to back, because now, you know, with digital, I mean, we're we're all used to this now, but it used to not be that you could just take your camera from one hundred ISO to sixty four thousand ISO <laughs> right. in an instant, right, and then convert everything to black and white later. Sure. So what messengers accomplish is that. They fit the types of systems that people carry. Uh, with our top access zipper, it means that you can discreetly pull out equipment from the interior without exposing a single other thing inside to anyone that's around you. So when you go from home where you're comfortable and you know 
where to be careful to a city on vacation or on a job where you have no idea where the danger zones are or what the, you know what what sorts of um, you know issues they have with with thieves or pickpockets or things, then you know that no one ever knows what's inside your bag, and then they also don't look like camera bags. I mean, we're a New York City company. We make a New York style messenger bag, and it just doesn't look like a camera bag. So it doesn't raise those red flags. Right. Um, and that's the thing. You know, you want to be you want to be stealth all the time, all the time. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard with with a uh, messenger style bag when you rip over, rip open six inches of Velcro that, you know, that definitely calls attention to what you're doing. So, yeah, that certainly does. And so that's why every single thing we make basically has a top zipper so that you can just silently go in yeah, for whatever it is. Right. I think it's definitely easier to pack and easier to decide on what kind of bag uh, the more you're familiar with where you're going. Like you said, if you're a New York company, so you you know what it's like to shoot in New York. And uh, like when I go on, um, uh, if I'm leading a workshop, it's going to be somewhere I've been before. So I have a, a real uh, good idea of what I'm going to be shooting and kind of what kind of what type of lenses and that kind of thing I'm going to be using. So, you know, I won't bring the kitchen sink if I'm going somewhere where I know I'm only going to use one or two lenses. And that makes it easier to um, just grab a small shoulder bag or something like that. Yeah. Well, living in New York makes it easy to plan for the worst. You know, <laughs> sure. I take the subway seven days a week. That means that I know that my gear is going to go down in an environment, you know, on a surface that is that is filthy and and possibly disease ridden. And so that's why <laughs> every Temba camera bag has a waterproof bottom panel. You know, that's easy to clean. Right. And I know I'm in an urban environment, and I need to be careful what I take out and who I expose the the gear that I own to. And so every bag has a top zipper, you know, and I know that I'm going to be on the subway where it's going to be really, really crowded. And so we, we tend to make things that are very svelte and lightweight and, and can easily be maneuvered around the body when you're in crowded environments like that. So, you know, if you, don't live and work and function in a in a place like this. It's harder to know that there's all of these uh, kinds of things that you need to be aware of. Sure. And how much how much shooting do you do yourself? You mentioned trying out camera bags and and uh, commuting with your gear and things like that. How much shooting do you do yourself? And then what sort of bag do you favor? Uh, yeah, I used to be a, a photographer of sorts. I, I gave it up a long time ago to. Uh, to let that be the job of people who are better at it than me. <laughs> right. I went with what I enjoyed, which was uh, all my friends are photographers, and now I work at uh, creating things that work and help them. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now I just basically shoot my six-year-old son and, uh, <laughs> and the environment around me when I'm traveling here. I travel around the world quite a bit for Temba, and so I shoot, uh, you know, wherever I am trying to capture so that I remember all the places that I go. Sure. So, so you're carrying a, a pretty small kit. Do you um, do you carry your camera and your laptop and your work stuff in the same bag, or or how does you how do you uh, split that up? I, I move really light since I travel so much. So I use an 11 inch MacBook Air, which is just uh, it's one of those once you go there you can never go back kinds of things. For sure. You know, I yeah. don't I don't edit 80,000 images at a you know, at a shot over a weekend. So I, I don't have, I get why people buy larger machines, but, um, 
you know, there's something to be said for a laptop so small that when the drink cart comes down the economy section of an airplane, you don't need to move your laptop over to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. There's room for both. So I, I do travel lean, you know, with, I love a messenger bag. It's, it's amazing just because I can have my laptop and my iPad and my small mirrorless camera kit and it's all in one and it's all discreet and it looks good. And yeah, so I travel with that a lot, but I love backpacks. When I'm going through an airport, I bring a backpack. I really believe that once you switch to a two strap, more supportive solution for travel, you know, you never know how long you're going to be in an immigration line uh, right, a ferry terminal or, you know, trying to buy a train ticket in a country you've never been to before. It's nice to have that support and to balance it out over two shoulders. For sure. I, I've gotten to where I don't ever carry a, a a shoulder bag or a backpack that doesn't have the little strap behind it so I can attach it to my rolling bag. That's, you know, if, if the next best thing to having two straps is having no straps and having it sit on the on the uh, my wheeled luggage, whether it's my, my carry-on suitcase or my rollerboard uh, camera bag to have everything just in one little you know cart that I can pull behind me. That's that's the way to go for me for sure. Yeah, because we travel all the time and the people we work with, most of the pros we're working with are going through airports all the time. We put a trolley strap on virtually everything because we we know it's so important. I mean, when you've been flying sixteen hours and you're standing in line to get your passport stamped, you all your wits are not about you. And so you need to make sure that your um, bag isn't going to go tumbling off of the, uh, you know, the handle of your suitcase, number one. You need to make sure that if you drop your guard even for a split second, somebody can't just, like, yank the bag off the top without your knowledge. If you've got a trolley strap, no one can just, you know, scoop it away. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that a trolley strap does that, that as a person who travels through airports a lot, I really get and understand absolutely i thought it was kind of weird um one of the tenba backpacks i have um i guess it was the the shootout 24l has the uh the velcro trolley strap and i I thought well that's weird that you have velcro on there but then i looked at the trolley strap on one of my backpacks that doesn't have velcro and after one trip it is completely stretched out and and sort of it's i can still use it but it's definitely not as tight as it was so i'm like oh okay i can just use the velcro and tighten it up that makes a huge difference yeah, it, it's actually a recent change that we made because we started working with, okay, so somebody's a commercial photographer and they want to connect their bag to a larger, uh, like a two-wheeled, you know, industrial trolley. Well, the distance between the two supporting bars are not the same eight inches that there is on a standard suitcase. So yeah. it's a wider distance. So you need to have that uh, expandability. If you overpack a bag, you know, it's completely, it's, you know, blooming almost. It looks like a base, like a basketball. Then, um, then it's going to be really hard to use a fixed width strap on the back of a bag. But if you have something that's adjustable, then it makes it so that even if you've just gone crazy and completely overpacked your bag, it'll still work. Cool. Yeah. Well, again, a feature that we only change because we work with photographers in the field who told us you need to change this. <laughs> right. I, I'm always surprised when I look at the Tenbo website how many bags are relatively recent and there's already a version two. And and to me, that says that you guys are listening to feedback from people using the bags, and that, I think that's I think that's a really great way to go. Yeah, we're big on inline changes. We're completely obsessed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you see as as the next step? Are is there unexplored territory for camera bags or is there um 
some new way to carry gear that, that nobody's ever thought of? Or is it just a matter of, of refining your current products or trying new materials or and that kind of thing? Uh, one of the big, the big things that we're all working on now is trying to figure out how to maximize the space that the dwindling space that the airlines allow you to carry on board. And that is a real challenge because let's say the airlines only allow you uh, 20 pounds. Well, then the bag, a regular suitcase, weighs nine pounds. So now you only can carry 11 pounds worth of gear. Well, if you've got a DSLR system and some pro lenses, 11 pounds is not going to, that's not going to be that much. Right. So you're trying to make bags that are lighter weight than ever before because of these uh, weight restrictions. Other than just the sheer comfort of carrying a lighter weight bag, then there's just the restrictions of someone telling you, if this is over this weight, you cannot bring it with you. Right. So that's one of the things. And then the other challenge is um, carry-on compatible sizing. If nine inches is the depth that you are allowed and the exterior of the case takes up one inch front, top and bottom, then you're left with eight inches of depth, which is not that much if you're trying to uh, put a giant video system in it, like a RED or a Canon Cine system or a Sony Cine system, sure. you know, then that's not that big. Your giant Mac boxes and things, you know, all the video gear is so much larger. So um, always trying to maximize the interior space so that it will still conform to these really stricter and stricter carry-on standards. You know, famous big-name photographers who travel... 200,000 miles a year with their home airline are occasionally now being pulled out of a line and forced to put a bag into one of those wire racks at the airport. Wow. And it's just, it, it was less of an issue a few years before, you know, ago. But on the flip side, people are uh, switching to mirrorless. You know, uh, the amount of Panasonic GH4s that are going to be sold this year are going to make it so tons of people shooting 4K video are going to be able to travel with a smaller case than they could 12 months ago. And that is different. Sure. And it's been hard for me as somebody who shoots professionally with the smaller gear to find a bag that is that quote pro quality, but that's not eight or nine inches deep. You know, the bag that I used to carry my full frame Nikon kit in and carry maybe two bodies and three lenses, I can carry basically a trade shows worth of Lumix gear in. And so for me, an, an eight inch bag is basically, that's two lenses tall. And then I've got to worry about stacking lenses and then it becomes harder to shoot out of. So for something that's, you know, five to six inches deep, that's perfect for me. So, um, I'm kind of stoked about the, about the smaller carry on things. That's, that works great for me. Yeah. One of the funniest things, you know, again, it's just a weird thing in the bag world. One of the best gifts we ever got was that Apple discontinued their 17-inch laptop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you were always making a backpack that was like like an inch to two inches taller than you wanted it to be. Yeah. Because you had to offer a solution for 17-inch laptops. And I get when I see somebody editing video on location, I go, oh, yeah, that's the guy who should have a 17-inch laptop. He's got, you know, he's got uh, Final Cut or Premiere open and he's He's got all these controls and timelines and everything that he's going through. I totally get it, but um, but at the same time, it was we were always stretching the height of certain things or the width of a messenger bag to a width that we were a little bit like, yeah, this is kind of wider than we really want it to be, because we you know we needed to uh, fit a 17-inch laptop. Now the laptops are getting thinner and lighter. 
it's so much better for us because when they stop putting these you know, giant plastic moldings on the outside of laptops and making them an inch and a half deep, um, it just makes it easier to make a nice, slim, sleek laptop pocket that doesn't take up that much space and doesn't add weight to the bag. Sure. I think, in fact, my first Tenba bag was a messenger bag that would fit my 17-inch laptop, and I couldn't wait to get rid of that bag. It was just huge. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's just... You know, sometimes it's just over an inch is a lot. Sometimes an inch is a lot when you're traveling. Right. And if you're on a New York City subway at 530, an inch is a lot, a lot. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. Let me get your your travel pick of the week. It could be um, it could be anything. It could be a product or a, or a, a tip or, or anything you want. A travel pick of the week. Wow. Um, well, everyone should go to Stockholm in the summertime when they have 20 hours of daylight and uh, and the food's amazing and they speak better English than they do in New York. And that's a travel <laughs> pick. I'm not quite sure that's a product, but that's a, oh, that's that's great. a good travel pick. Yeah. Stockholm in the summer. Got it. All right. I'll put it on yeah. my schedule for next year. That sounds good. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks, Peter. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for Travel and Photography. Thank you. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography. Photography.